podcast called uh, Dub Jellyson Podcast. First ever type 1 diabetic in UFC history. Uh, doing fine, Dub. Nice to be with you. Get out! <laughs> He's like, yeah. My tunnel vision and my periphery, I'm like all field. Hey, you know how it is, Dub. Hey, when you're, hey, when you're team. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's crazy. What's up, everyone? We're back with another episode of Dub Jellyson Podcast. They have a very special guest, Mr. Kelsey Barlow. Kelsey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Um, this comes a day or two after it was announced that we'd be joining Minimaki for the 2021 TBT tournament. Uh, so how excited are you for that, and how did it come together? Uh, I'm pretty excited. I think it's a pretty fun tournament. I've watched it, like, the last couple of years. So I'm, I'm aware of, like, the, the setup, the format. It's a different game. I think it ends with, like, a little seven-point, like, to win at the last, like, whatever. So um, it seems fun how it came about. Um, I don't know. I think one of the guys from whoever organized it just messaged me one random day and was like, would you like to play? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds pretty fun. So kind of went like that. Pretty simple. So, like, one of the Minimaki guys, like their GM or whatever? Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's his, his role. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what his exact title is, but, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would assume it's Ryan K. I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Ryan for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. So what was your, like, main motivation for doing it? Was it, like, a no-brainer for you? Uh, For the most part, I thought so. But main motivation, uh, I think I played my best basketball in the summer for sure. You know, and, I mean, I haven't played in the States, and I think we can win it. So, I mean, that's good financially as well. So, I mean, I think playing in the summer, I have the most fun. So it was like that for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the summer is usually your guys' off season, uh, obviously. So how's your what's your off season been like thus far this season? Uh, so far, I've just been like working on my body for the most part, just like reconstructing it, using my toes different, using my balance different, like a bunch of things like that. So I've just been doing that in like Miami since like uh, maybe the end of April. So. I think our season ended like mid-April. I took like a week or two off and then just kind of started into it. Mm-hmm. Is that where you're at right now, Miami? Yeah, like Key Largo, but I drive it like an hour up to, to Miami. Fair enough. Um, did you have any interest in playing for them like maybe last year? I know this is their second year as a, as a team, I guess. Um, did you ever like think about it when you were watching it? Uh, I... Mm. Not, not, not so much, you know, not so much. Cause I think at the time, like no one ever called me to uh, maybe, but no one really ever called me to play on their team. And like, I don't think my mind was so focused on it, but I watched like last year, I thought, I thought Ryan was like a really good coach, like his demeanor, at least I'm like, man, like, I think his demeanor as a coach is much better than his as a player. Like I was like, shit, man, this dude is kind of impressive looking at this golly. Like really, that was like my first impression. And then, like, from there, I was just looking at, like, the guys they had. So I was like, yeah, I mean, if they had one or two more pieces, I think they would have a chance to win, especially when you have, like, a few seven-footers on the team, you know what I mean, which is a huge advantage in such a tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just now, I think as of right now, the only guys that they've added or you guys have added are you, A.J. Hammonds, and Lou Jack, which is a pretty damn good tandem. Uh, <laughs> sure. but uh i think ryan klein and great guy were supposed to play last year 
Mm -hmm. Fell might, might have was supposed to play last year, and then something came up with their schedules and, and everything like that, so they couldn't. But what do you think of the squad that you guys have put together so far? That has been announced, I'm sure you probably know behind the scenes. Um, some more guys. That uh, who's been announced? It's you, Evan Boudreau, Lou Jack, John Octius, and Hammonds, I believe. Okay, okay. I played against John Octius when he was at Colorado State. So I, I know his game. I think he's pretty good. I obviously love Lewis Jackson's game, playing with him in college. Uh, I saw Evan play. Where did I see him play? I went to the game when they played against Ball State, maybe. And I think, like, Taylor Persons was the main guy for Ball State. So I went to that game. He's like, you know, he's the type of player you need just to keep things organized. Like, it seems like he's willing to do it all. So, And then A.J. Hammonds, you know, Obviously, when he's motivated, there's really no touching him. So, I mean, I think it's a good group. I think there's a few other players I know about that kind of put us in a good chance to contend for it. Mm -hmm. Well, don't don't spoil it for the. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm, not <laughs> I'm not throwing that part yet on. That's why I asked you who they announced. You know. For uh, yeah, I mean, I think you guys have a really good chance to win, especially just looking at the roster already and then some of the teams that have like been in contention year in and year out like Carmen's crew which is Ohio State's team uh Marquette's Marquette's team and then overseas elite um I think you guys are right up there with them um, yeah but how excited are you to be hooping with some of your old teammates especially like Lou Jack oh it's funny yeah I mean I think it'll be real interesting it'll be a great dynamic I like playing in the states much more than I've liked playing in any other country at this point in my career in life. So I think just, you know, playing with like Lou Jack, you know, I think we'll just have a lot of fun. And I think when you have a lot of fun, it, it's a good ingredient for success. So that's kind of how I'm seeing it. I think we'll have a lot of fun, enjoy ourselves, be competitive about it and, and see what we can get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. We'll be a, kind of like an odd dynamic with, with uh, like Ryan Smith, you mentioned as a coach, just because, like, you were his teammate and now he's the coach, is it kind of weird like that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. I mean, maybe going into it, I might think that if I hadn't saw – if I didn't watch um, the tournament last year. Mm. But after watching the tournament last year, I was like, you know, it looks like he knows what he's doing, you know. And I, I, mean, I play professionally, so the relationship between coach and player is just something that's part of the game, so. I mean, obviously, we're all in on taking his instructions. I don't think it would be too different. I mean, he's a professional in his own right, and I am in my own right. So it should work out pretty well, actually. Mm -hmm. We're no longer amateurs, man, you know? <laughs> uh, will it be an odd – will it kind of be an odd feeling when you put on that jersey again, knowing that you're representing Purdue after all these years? An odd feeling? No, nah, no. Nah, I think Purdue's a part of me, you know, like – it was like the first school I decided to go to. You know, I think I still have a pretty good relationship with Coach Penn and some of the people on his staff. So, I mean, I went, I've been to a few games. So, no, nah, I think it'll be just it's, – it's different because it's not college, right? But I think, you know, when you have these experiences in your life, they kind of make, make you who you are. So, I think it's just another way to kind of recycle back something that's made me who I am today. Mm -hmm. Maybe odd was the wrong word. <laughs> but it feel like a little more special to you just knowing that 
Um, you like you played for Purdue in college, and then it's been what close to ten years at this point. And now you're coming back to represent Purdue again. Yeah, I mean, I, it'll be it'll be it'll be fun. You know, I think it'll be great. I have like like I think like eight of my best friends from high school. We all went to Purdue, so. I mean, it's kind of extends into that group of friends and like stuff like that where you can communicate about it. Because when you play overseas, it's 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 a huge, it's a huge gap. I can call a friend like, "Yeah, we had a game. This happened," and it's just it's just not going to connect so well. So I think it kind of brings the community aspect back into it. Um, that'll make it really fun. Mm -hmm. That's cool that like you have that close group of friends. I went to Purdue. I'm. I'm <laughs> I had a group of like five of my like best friends that we all went to Purdue. So yeah, it's nice to go up there and see familiar faces. Um, but talk about that recruiting process of, of choosing Purdue and what other colleges were in the running? Oh, wow. That's an interesting question. Um, so basically what had happened, I was like in seventh or eighth grade or something like that. And I was like, play on this really good team. I think we're like fourth in the country, like AAU. And I was like coming off the bench. But I'm like, man, you know, I'm on like one of the best teams. So at a minimum, I think I should be able to go to like a low major D1 school, you know, like, no, not a, a high major D1 school. That's not the best, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, Purdue's kind of horrible. I'll put them on the list. I put Rutgers on the list and I put Florida on the list, right? This is, you know, this is like 2005 or something like that. And so then uh, Florida ends up going like back-to-back -back championships. So I'm like, ah, shit, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. And then um, who else? And then Rutgers, I have a lot of family from New Jersey, so I kind of still had that going. And I don't know what happened, man. I went on spring break, like, my sophomore year, like, Siesta Key. Like, had a great time, if you get me. And then, like, I went to Arkansas for, like, the first tournament of the spring season. And I think I went back door, dunked on this guy. And the next thing I know, like, 20, 30 colleges are calling me. And uh, I think Purdue came along, like, within the next month or so. And I was like, wow, it's destiny. You get me? And so uh, I had a teammate in, in high school, Derek Elson. He went to like Indiana. And so we were supposed to play like, we were talking like, yo, let's play the same team, let's play the same team. And then he commits to Indiana, like commits to Indiana. I'm like, bro, I thought we were like going to do this together. He's like, nah, man, come on, man. You got to go to Indiana. So I'm like, man, I don't know, I don't know. So Kelvin Sampson maybe calls me or Ray McCollum, whoever the coach at the time calls me. He's like, yo, come up on Saturday, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and we'll like go through like a full visit and then maybe we'll get you to commit at the end of it. And I just went to the Dave Matthews concert instead. So after I was like, man, I don't think I want to miss the Dave Matthews concert for some, you know, recruiting visit. So I think that day at the concert, me and a couple of my buddies called Coach Painter, like, yo, like I'm trying to commit. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, what? He goes, dude, you haven't even visited the school yet. I don't know, man. Like, so I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I thought he was going to be like all open arms. And he really wasn't. So he was like, uh, how about you just come up like on Tuesday or Wednesday of the following week, check out the campus, see if you like it at least. And then we can go from there. But at that point, I was like, man, I'm already committed. So they showed me around. But I really, I was like, man, I'm committed, bro. 
that's just kind of how it went. So I really wasn't, I wasn't really too conscious of all the schools that were recruiting and stuff like that. I was kind of just playing it off of like Derek Elston and like, I was just kind of messing around a little bit because you know who Jack Owens is? He, was the, he used to be the, uh, the uh, assistant at Purdue. So he was the assistant at Southern Illinois. And he would call me like, hey, where do we stand? I'm like, man, if you let me and like four of my friends come, I'm coming. Like, I'll, just be <laughs> I'll just be messing with them like the whole time, you know? So, you know, that's kind of how the recruiting process went for me, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was real chill. It wasn't anything like uh, I didn't really even know offense Purdue was running when I came to the school. You get me? So I was like, ah, whatever. Man, <laughs> that's absolutely crazy. Yeah, um, sure. And then once once you stepped on on campus, what was it like to come into like a, a national championship contender as a freshman? Ah man, it was actually, it was it was it was difficult and easy, right? It's easy because when everyone is like on the team, and everyone is thinking like we're the best, and we're going out here on the court, whether it's practice, whether it's whatever, to be the best team in the country. It, I mean, it makes it easy. It's like going to private school; like everyone's trying to get grades and go to college. Like it's almost weird if you don't take on that same mentality. But like when I first got on campus, man, it was like real awkward, like. I'd be walking to like class or something like that. And I'll talk to like a girl or a guy or whoever it may be. And they're like, hey, like you're on the basketball team, aren't you? And I'd be like, yeah. Like, or I would say I was on the basketball team, however it went. And then they'll be like, do you know like Robbie Hummel? And I'd be like, what? We're on the team. And I'm like, we're on the same line. Like, could you like talk to him? I'm like, oh, the gap between like star player and unknown <laughs> freshman is pretty ridiculous here. And so then Coach Painter had put in the paper something about me redshirting, man, right? And I was like, there's no way I can go through this season redshirting. And people ask me if I know these dudes I see like two, three times a day. There's just no way I'm willing to live like that. So I ended up not redshirting. And I think we won the Big Ten that year, beat some pretty good teams, won that, uh, what was it, that Virgin Islands tournament. I thought it was probably one of the best basketball tournaments I've ever played in my life so it was it was fun it was a you know you have a little bit of responsibility but Etuan, Juan and Rob were pretty much taking care of most of the load and stuff like that so it was just basically like not messing up on their behalf and like yeah. making sure they got the ball and stuff like that so it was fun though for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like so I'm I'm heading into my senior year so I came in the same year as like Trayvon Williams and Eric Hunter Jr. and all them and I feel like because that was Carson Edwards junior year. I feel like a lot of them probably got that too. That same thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, how's Carson? What's Carson doing? And all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and, you, and you figure out like, and maybe this was where my fault was after or something, but I was like, man, I got to find a lane here. Man. I don't have like a lane. Like they all have this lane. So you got to try to figure out a lane where you can live in and don't have all this. You know, I'm not really trying to hear that all day. I, mm -hmm. Me personally, some people like it. I really wasn't trying to hear that all day. Not that I had anything against them. I'm like, man, what kind of, do I know this guy? Like, how, we're on the same team. So, it was, you know, it was one of those weird experiences. But I can imagine Carson's like, the, he was like the guy guy. And mm -hmm. it was just like, just him. So I can imagine his was a little bit next level for sure. Mm -hmm. It was like him and, him and Rondo were like the two biggest 
two biggest dudes on campus by far. Who was the, who was the second guy? Rondell Moore on the football team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the football team is, you know, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? I don't know, man. I, I, I think the basketball is a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit more. But obviously, football is like the sport in a way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those big stadiums. So, yeah. I do think Purdue is more of a basketball school, obviously, just given our you history. You think so? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Oh, no, man. I feel like when I used to watch, like, you know, early 2000s, and Purdue wasn't so so good at basketball, their stands were real empty. And when I was at school, the football team wasn't so good, but they still would get quite, quite some fans. I don't know if people are just into the tailgating of it or whatever goes on to it, but I don't know. It's a weird dynamic when you think of, like, the influence of the fan base. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I do think it, like, uh, tailgating plays a large part in that. But Yeah, maybe that's it. But, uh, so, I mean, how competitive were some of those practices with all the guys that you guys had, like, Etuan, Jawan, Robbie, like you mentioned, Lou, Jack, Kramer, you, DJ, Ryan, all that? Uh. Sometimes, I mean, I think they're really competitive. I think they're pretty, honestly, probably even as a professional, man, they, those might be, yeah, I'll probably, probably consider those the most, com- like, legit competitive practices I've ever been a part of. And the pro level, especially when players are getting a couple of dollars, like, you might argue a little bit more in a competitive fashion, like, over calls and stuff. But, like, the actual playing, of I think Purdue did a great job of like really having us compete just like the setup how you come in in the summer like the practices how they're divided into like how like wearing the black jersey versus wearing the gold jerseys like you know you're not trying to I wasn't trying to be in that gold jersey you know what I mean so it brings out a different and then even the white jersey for the scout team like everyone's (laughs) trying to like you know prove a point so I would say it was pretty competitive for sure I would definitely say so I mean not for Juwan he was he was destroying our other days. Like, I don't even know if he practiced so much. He was destroying everyone so much, to be honest. But everyone else was real, real competitive. Yeah. And over the course of those three years, do you have any moments that kind of stick out as most memorable to you, either from, like, a personal standpoint or just as a team? <sighs> yeah, I think if, I, if I'd, like, as I go through, like, my life since college, I would say, like, the main things I think about are, like, the meetings I'd have with Coach Fainer, to be honest with you. Like, some of the stuff he would tell me, like, some of the stories he would tell me, I'd be like, man, what a good guy. You know, he he tells, like, some pretty honest stuff. I probably heard it a little different at the time. But, yeah, that's probably – those are probably, like, the main things I think about. Like, on the court, I mean, I wasn't really good at Purdue. So, I don't really have any, like, game where I'm like, man, I was killing – I thought I was real horrible at Purdue as a player. So I think probably like those meetings or like funny stuff that happened, like with the guys like on the trip or like in the locker room, stuff like that. But on the court, I wasn't, I was, I was pretty horrible. So I don't really have too many like fond memories of that. <laughs> well, I would disagree with that, but. Uh, <laughs> wow. wow. I would disagree with that. Really? I mean, there's. I averaged, averaged three points in my freshman year. I mean, it's the Big Ten. You come in, you're, you're playing for it. I mean, you're sitting behind what? Etuan, Lou Jack, Kramer. 
Like you come in and you have to kind of like earn your spot as you go. And you showed a lot of progression through those two years. Really? I I felt like I regressed, really. I don't know, man. I guess it's all in the eye of the person watching, I guess. But for me, you know, like how I play now, I'm like, man, if I would have just been coming down on players like that in college, man, it would have been a different type of party. But that all comes down to focus and confidence, I think. Mm-hmm. In in those meetings with Payne, like, what were some of the things that you guys would talk about? <laughs> just funny stuff. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say just funny stuff at all, but like you know, probably nine times out of ten, it would be a scenario where I had got trouble, and he would like call me in, and then he would like either tell me a relatable story or replay <laughs> replay what he heard about me and give me the reasons why I did this stuff. And I'm like, God damn it, this dude does exactly why I did that so you know you, you sit there you look at the guy like who is this guy to know so much but he's like he was like real organized like I feel like he took notes and jotted everything down every day like a real journal and stuff like that so he's like a real organized person so he can find logic in situations pretty easily so yeah it was it was be like stuff like that man like Kelly you did this when I was your age I did this you know you're like this guy is this guy's tighter than me. This guy's more cool than I am. Shit. So stuff like that for sure. I would say so. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't want to get into it like too deep, but uh obviously after your junior year, you left the team. Uh, yeah. how do you look back on this entire situation and um your departure from Purdue? I think it kind of goes into the my my recruiting process a little bit if you think about it, like you know, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, both my parents went to Notre Dame. So, like, growing up, it was kind of like Notre Dame's a great school. Every other school's garbage, you know. So, like, when I was at Purdue, I really mentally, I didn't, I didn't really comprehend, like, I guess the responsibility that went with the school. I didn't really comprehend, like, how much, you know, it meant being, like, a player, you know. Um, Produce to a lot of people, you know, because everyone has their own reasons for what something means or how they want to go about things and stuff like that. But when you represent, like, you know, an uh, institution like Purdue and you, and you see what it is, like, you have to go about it, in my opinion, a certain way. So, I mean, looking back, it's hard to say, like, you have regrets, right? It's like, a, mm-hmm. for me, it's tough to say I regret doing certain things. But I think, honestly, if I would have just had, like, a more you know, just like a better focus on what it means to be like the best, you know, kind of, you know, did that a little bit more. I think I would have organized it a little bit better, you know, Mm -hmm. I think something like that. Yeah. I mean, there seems to be like no kind of tension between you and Purdue. Like you've mentioned, you've, you've been back to games and you have a fairly good relationship with coach Payne as well. Yeah. I mean, Maybe there is tension. Maybe there isn't. I guess we don't address it to each other. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't. I think it was one of those things where it's just kind of like, I mean, I used to talk to Coach Painter about like where I stood within like, you know, the school, like, you know, what could, what could I do to get kicked off or what could I do to not get kicked off? So when that day came, you know, I think you and Coach Painter kicked me off. Like, I think he was saying, like, a bunch of things. And I don't even think I said one word in the meeting. I was just like, yeah, I think this is it, man. Like, you know, like, so it wasn't, 
I don't know. I kind of had predicted a downfall in my life anyway at that point. So I, it's not like I'm blaming them. They could probably blame me for being more responsible. They didn't like, tell me like or suggest me to live a certain way within that that world of college. But I mean, I think, you know, you grow up, you realize where people are in their life at that time. You learn from it. I'm sure they learn from it with the incoming player that they have. So I think it kind of, in a sense, in a weird, you know, there's, there's something good that came out of something bad, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. looking back on it, I was like, I think I was 10 when that yeah. happened. Yeah. I was, I was pretty sad <laughs> as a 10 year old Purdue fan. But um, yeah, I mean, that, it's the way things go sometimes. It's, yeah. I would have dreams, man. I would have dreams like for like the week after that, like Coach Fate would call me, like, all right, come, come to the team. You wake up, you're like, damn. I really got kicked off that team jesus you know so yeah it was it was fun with my like conscious and my mind for a little minute too you know then you had like twitter was going crazy so it was a different experience for sure mm-hmm. and then you ended up like taking us or finishing that semester and then um what was the process like of choosing uic uh man i don't remember uh i think like my dad had told me to call like uic like right after i got kicked out of school like maybe a week or so and i was like man there's no way i'm going to uic dog like dad why are you disrespecting me like that you know that was kind of my approach I, so i didn't call him i really didn't call him and then through like how it went, like my options were looking more and more slim as time went on. You know, I'm like, man, I guess I guess my dad knew something I knew because my options aren't what I think they are. So like sometime in like June or July or something, I end up calling them, and then uh, they're like, oh great, we're glad you called you because there's some rule in there that like if you don't make contact first, then they can't call you if they don't get the release from something like that. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to UIC. Like, and it was like three hours away. So, I mean, at the time I was literally, I was taking the mega bus back to Indiana, like every weekend, every day I could, I wasn't really, I was like, man, this is horrible. Cause like the city's cool, the school's cool. But like, you know, like I said earlier, like that team wasn't full of players who believed they could be the best. So, like, that energy was really throwing me off at first until I got to take on, like, a somewhat of a leadership role. Then, you know, I tried my best, I guess. <laughs> so, I, that's kind of, huh? Uh, when we were talking about, like, kind of your moments at Purdue, I forgot to mention your dunk over uh, Jared Solinger. That's kind of yeah. like, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. really. I hear about that a lot. <laughs> I hear about that. I didn't, you know, I didn't really think that was like that good of a play, to be honest, because like, you know, sometimes mentally you have an ego. And I remember thinking like, man, like it's ridiculous how much they hype up this Aaron Kraft dude as a, defend, as a defender, you know, like, mm. come, come on. So he was guarding me and I was like, I'm going around this dude as many times as I can. So that's kind of like what I was, I don't think I celebrated after I dunked on them, to be honest, because I was just more like, this Aaron Kraft dude cannot guard me. So that's kind of like what I was thinking about during the game, after the game. I really wasn't really, I was like, man, he couldn't guard me, you know? We lost like two, but I was was thinking more about that than like the dunk on Jared Solinger, to be honest. 
Fair enough. Um, we're getting close on time. Yeah, but I want to talk about your uh, your pro career. And, sure. I mean, you, you kind of mentioned how you like playing in the States as opposed to, um, I mean, you played in five different countries across the world. Uh, why why do you prefer playing over in the states? I think it's the it's the best game. I think you know the knowledge of the game is is the best in the states. I, mean, I don't think it's even comparable. Um, I think the states bring the best out of players. Like even like like this year, I played in Argentina. I played this player, Jordan Adams. He used to play for like the Grizzlies, went to UCLA or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like you run across him in in Argentina. I don't know if it's I can understand it, but I don't know. I don't know what it was for him, but you could tell like whether it's the energy in the room, the way the rim looks, the way the floor is, the way, you know, your teammates vibing, you know, it was like, he didn't need. Again. So I was just talking trash to him to like bring it out of him. You know what I mean? So like in the States, you, you deal with less of like players not showing up in my opinion, or, playing aggressively in a weird sort of way because I mean at the end of the day you are playing for money so you will do it quote unquote but I mean it's just a different energy for me like I don't really the coaches are a little too aggressive you know what I mean the system of it's a little too aggressive for like you know it's like it's more work instead of smart work in my opinion overseas and stuff like that Mm -hmm. I mean I've had to the honor of having a ton of um, overseas guys on the podcast. And um, a lot of them kind of share that same mindset. Um, the other day I actually had Sam Decker on and, and he was telling me about this story of someone threw a pipe bomb or not a pipe bomb, like a smoke bomb on the middle of the court in a game. Um, Cause we we're talking mm-hmm. about kind of fans being all crazy and stuff. Do you have any stories like that? Uh, I have one story during my career, but like my dad played overseas like 16 years as well. So those times were a little crazy to be straight with you. So like crazy, like people throwing all kinds of stuff on the court, you know? So like as a kid, I was kind of like, I was kind of, you know, conditioned to it. But like the crazy thing I saw, we were playing, I was in Greece, I was on a pretty decent team. And um, we were playing this team from Poland and it might've been like one of the best back and forth games I've ever been a part of. Right. And like, it was like two points. We were up, like we were up or down. We ended up winning the game. We were up two points or down two points, like two minutes left. And like literally like the entire fan section just started leaving the game. And so I looked at my teammate who was like the captain. I'm like, bro, like, they don't want to see like this crucial game. You know, he was like, well, the point spread was like for us to win by 20. So they don't really give a fuck if we win. They want to, you know, they want to make their money off us plans. So I was like, damn, I get why the energy in the room is so different, you know, because like I think the states just legalized gambling or whatever. Yeah. And it's been legal as hell over there for years. So it, it creates a different, you know, relationship because the fan, sure, he's cheering for his team, but he also bet on his team. So. And depending on the way the numbers are set up, they want you to reach that certain number. So I would say when I saw that, I'm like, man, they're not even into the game. They're like, you know, like, what are they leaving for? Like, I get this Polish team is worse than us, but it ended up being a really good game. So that was probably the craziest thing I saw in my time over there for sure. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned like 
growing up and seeing all the crazy fans and, and everything, do you think that had an impact on you? Like when you got to Purdue and you see like the paint crew and you're like, Oh, this isn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I would not so much. I think when I was at Purdue, I was more like, I was in a different space. You know, I was more like, ah, oh, this is just basketball. It's just, I wasn't more in, I wasn't a real, I wouldn't say I was like a real player fully at Purdue. I was more hanging out off the court. So mentally, like, I'm like, man, these kids go to school. With me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm not even really looking at it like, like it's just my classmate, to be honest. I wasn't really even looking at it like, you know, the, the student section or whatever. I'm like, I get it, but. You know, it was more like, hey, my classmates came to the game today. You know, how cool. You know, something like that. You know, so it's a little different. Like, when I was, when I was, like, watching my dad, I was like, you know, I'm thinking I should be on my dad's team in first grade. You know, like, my competitiveness is just, like, pretty high. So, like, I'm looking around the arena trying to figure out, like, how can I get on the court to play? You know, so it's a little – the mental was a little bit more – I was more engaged into, like, the arena, the game, who's who, the ref, the coaches, like the sneakers, everything like that. So it's a little bit different mentality, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then what are your last thing I wanted to ask you is what are your thoughts on the whole situation of like the NBA fans being disrespectful towards like, I think it was like Russ, Trey Young, um, and I, I forget the other one. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's getting any lighter, man. You know, like, and I, I, I think it goes to what I just said about that game versus that team in Poland, man. Like, these fans are, first of all, they couldn't even be in the gym for, like, a year. So there's a huge eagerness that goes with it because they're coming in during the playoffs. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that, that New York crowd seemed intense, man. Like, intense. You know, everyone's world's been turned upside down and so have people's brains, so. And then you're just adding like this huge like betting thing into the sport now. So, I mean, it means more to, to fans, I think. And they feel, I mean, you know, you watch your team lose, you know, you lose a hundred dollars or whatever it may be. You might be a little bit more upset. I don't know. Like it, it, it seems fishy, but the way the commentary is going about it, I don't really see it. I can't really see it slowing down. I mean, you know, players always say like, don't treat us like zoo animals, but people love the animals in the zoo. But, you know, it's still like you're going for your own pleasure. So whatever the fans' own pleasure is and coming to the arena costs would be the same reason they get upset. And it's a strong emotion. So, I mean, I think players need to get more security for themselves. You know, you know, they got enough money at this point. Mm. <laughs> so something like that. That's kind of, I see, I don't really, I mean, what are you going to do? You're not going to go run our tests on anybody. We saw how that played out for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who's going to do that? No, people could, you know, it's going to run our tests. The players make too much money now. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think it's an interesting topic, though, but I don't think they should keep, because then, like, some fans might want the publicity and do it if you keep airing it. You know what I mean? So. I think the players just got to be like, wow, we're making people emotional. Good for us. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of see um, and agree with you in that way. Um, we're getting like, we're, we have like a minute left. Um, so I'm going to have to wrap this up, but sure. thank you so much for coming on. Um, as someone that's been a fan of yours since I was wow, eight, eight years old, 
Uh, right. It was an honor to have you on. And I uh, can't wait to watch you play with the Minimaki. Yeah, man, I got to figure out how to get my black screen like yours, man. Like, you got the oh, it's a sheet. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, man, he's official over there. He's got the full black background, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on as well, man. Thank you, man. Yes, sure. sir. Stay safe. Yeah. All right, you as well, man.